Slice Audio. Here comes Gwyneth's head in a box. Dun, 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 dun. You guys remember that band? Who sang, uh, who sang that? The Lemonheads. Remember the Lemonheads? The Lemonheads. What was that record called? Car Button Cloth. That's my guess. Hold on here. With uh, Who's the lead singer of that band? Evan Dondo. Man, I love the Lemonheads. They had a great record called... Hmm, Oh, there's a bunch of great songs. There's a song on there called Drug... My drug, drug buddy. Uh, Car Button Cloth. Coming in hot. 1996. There was a big... There was a cover on that that was a big hit. It was... What did they cover? They covered... Boom, 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 boom. They covered Mrs. Robinson. Was that on that record? They had a bunch of weird songs, including there's <laughs> I don't remember the name of the song, but there's a song in there. Here comes Gwyneth's head in a box. Is there a song called The Outdoor Type about faking being a dude who <laughs> who likes camping and shit because he's trying to get laid? That old record's badass. Um, well, there's your random Lemonheads jibber jabber on the thirtieth, maybe episode of Book of. Murdoch, thank the sponsors quick. You can save 85% on your next vacation. Go to MurdochJones.com. Click on that book VIP link. I get a little commish. Or you can go to Onnit.com slash Murdoch. Uh, anything you hear on the show you want to bitch about, or if you find a retraction or a correction, you can go to BookOfMurdoch.com. It's Stock Show Week. For those of you that are listening to this show outside of the beautiful Black Hills of South Dakota, it is the uh, Black Hills Stock Show. What year is this? Black Hills Stock Show 2021. That's right. We're having it. A couple hundred thousand people come out to the Black Hills and uh, try to... I, would, I, I wouldn't say safely socially distanced by any, me- <laughs> by any means. Let's see. What year? This year... Is the boom 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 history the first stock show here in the beautiful Black Hills? Is it nineteen fifty nine? Is that really the first one? It might be. It's got to be sooner than that. Even they've been doing this for. I'm trying to navigate the website here. Nineteen fifty nine. That the first stock show. It's been going for a bajillion years out here. Anyways, a couple hundred thousand people come out, and it's a bunch of rodeos and country concerts, and it's pretty badass. I'm having a riot. I will say this. I, um, you can't do the stock show during Sober October, I've noticed. <laughs> um, here's, what the, here's what you got to know about the stock show if you're not a cowboy. Like... I'm clearly, if you've listened to 10 minutes of this fucking show, not what one would call a cowboy by any means. But, like, you got to wear the outfit a little bit. You can't you stick out like a sore thumb a little bit with my with my sweaters and, you know. <laughs> with my sweaters and my, and my kicks. Here's the trick, right? You can, you can do boots. But, but, and, uh, but, and that's about it. Like, I chew Copenhagen because I was born in Elsister. And, you know, I got, a, I got just enough hillbilly in me. So I get, you know, I, but I can't, if I showed up in a hat, 
and like the shirt and a buckle with the tight jeans that, you know, they know you're, you can't fake that shit. You just got to be honest who you are, but I can pull off a pair of boots. I will say that back several years ago, got pretty drunk at the sock show and bought my pair of boots, which is, I assume how most of the city people have always bought their boots. You get about four beers in and you're like, I can wear a pair of cowboy boots and you don't know, <laughs> you don't know anything about cowboy boots. So you just kind of, you get in that situation where like, okay, I'm putting a lot of trust. What do I do? Do I act like I know what I'm doing? No, you do not. If you are wondering what the correct answer is, you admit, I don't know what I'm doing. I just need a pair of boots that aren't going to make me look like an asshole. But, you know, I can wear a pair of boots. And that's the pair of boots I have. Although I found out later they were like work boots, which I think maybe they just had me buy them because obviously I'm not out fixing fence. I'm here yapping into a microphone to you fine people. Um... I'll say this, though, for this week in smells. Everybody, every American should know what a barn smells like. It's one of the greatest, most underappreciated smells. It's a mixture of, like, old wood and dirt and oil and alfalfa and manure and livestock. And, and like, you hear the word manure and you're like, I'm out. That smells like shit. But, like, there's a great – it's – if you know the smell I'm describing, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a it's it's just one of the great American smells. They should make a candle that smells like barn. A little bit of hay, a little bit of manure, a little bit of livestock, a little bit of dirt, some sweat. There's some blood in there. It's like some hardworking dairy cow barn smell. That's a great smell. You can take your perfume and pound sand. There's nothing better than the smell of a barn. Probably hard to smell like that. Oh, here's a story from Al's sister. This is gonna, you're going to laugh at this. So, like, we were in high school. A bunch of us worked in a packing plant. And we would work in the barn in a packing plant at night where you jam all the hogs in for the next day. And at night, when you get done at, like, 8 or 9 o'clock, you'd shower as fast as you can so you could go to, like, the 18 and older nightclub deal. So, you know, you try to, like, go pick up corn-fed Iowa girls or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I'm picking on you Iowa girls for being corn-fed. You're just as corn-fed as we are. But, you know, you're the ethanol state. Anyways, you get there at like 930, and if you don't know anything about working with um, hogs or pigs, as they were, like if you like the delicious taste of bacon, and so do I, who doesn't? It all starts with um, these adorable little creatures getting ran through a barn and then processed eventually into bacon. Well, when I was a kid, I'd work in the barn part of that deal. So you'd go to this nightclub and you'd, you know, you'd shotgun a couple of beers on the way and then you'd be in this little Iowa nightclub trying to, you know, you're dancing. And this is what I learned. And I swear to God, this is true. What I'm about to tell you is factually true. If you don't know anything about hogs, hog manure is a very distinct smell. Unlike a barn, it is not one of the best smells in America. It is not a great smell at all. It smells like pig shit. There's just no way of getting around it. And you can take 700 showers and that smell will not all the way come out of you because when you start in a, especially in a situation like a teen nightclub where it's hot and sweaty your pores open up and that smell starts to release and one would think right now ooh that must have been detrimental and here's where i'm getting back to i swear to god this is true if you smelled like hogs a little bit in a teen iowa dance club it was not only not a bad thing it was a good thing because you know perhaps one would assume not that you could lie about it but if someone is gonna assume 
that you work at a fancy rich person's, you know, maybe you're the son of a fancy rich pig farmer. And like, are you going to correct them necessarily? Well, yeah, if they bring it up, you got to be like, well, no, you know, I work in a barn and blah, blah, blah. But if they don't bring it up, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Pretty good odds for a shy kid, 17 year old shy kid in an Iowa pig dancing barn or nightclub. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not being funny. I'm not exaggerating. Well, I am trying to be funny, but I am not exaggerating. If you smelled like pigs at like 16 in Storm Lake, Iowa in a dance club on a Thursday night, it was it would go more your way than it wouldn't, I guess I'll say. <laughs> oh, my God. What a bunch of hillbillies. Um, all right. Where do you want to start today? Here's some random. These are just some random things I've been wondering. And if you're an expert on any of these topics, feel free to hit, hit up uh, the Murdoch Jones. So, like... Let's talk about ghosts for a second. This is neither here nor there. I'm abruptly switching topics. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the subject. Do go so like I kind of believe in a version of ghosts a little. I can't not I'm not a weirdo about it, but like I could I could buy into the fact that there's something there haunting a person from time to time. I have no proof. I'm not like super into it, but like as a concept, I can get behind it. But this is what I'm wondering. So like if you know if the if the person got murdered in the in the building and that's why they haunt it and and so there's some memory recollection correct well do they carry like if they were if they bit their nails as a live person and then got murdered in the hotel and now they haunt the hotel do they still bite their nails or like let try to try to with a more physical affliction Let's say, okay, here's a, maybe a real example. So like there's in, in the, in the historic town of Deadwood, for those of you living outside of this area, the television show Deadwood was very loosely based on an actual real place that we have out here in the Hills. And it's awesome. You should visit it filled with great history, great gold rush, old West history, blah, blah, blah. Okay. But like there are several buildings that are allegedly haunted by the old timey prostitutes that used to live and work as prostitutes in Deadwood. It, let's say when they died and before they came back to haunt everything, they had herpes. Does the ghost still have herpes? I don't know either. But it's a good question. Well, I don't know if about a good question. If any of you are ghost experts out there, who are those folks? There's them dudes in Deadwood, the Black Hills paranormal experts. They used to, they, they kind of know. I, maybe I should email them, get their thoughts on the matter. Oh, shit. You know who could help me out here? My good friend, Bobby Marqueso, who is also a, a, like, a, like a medium. He's a, he's a spirit medium. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But I'm pretty sure that's right. I should ask him. I should have him on. I had him on my old podcast. He was so much fun. He's in L.A. now. He's like a like a big muckety-muck actor. Like, he's making his way. I should check in with him, see if he wants to come on the show again. That'd be kind of fun. I'm going to get 50 episodes in and then start bringing some guests in. I bet I, he, he, he could be a good guest. He talks to dead people. 
Like legitimately. I don't, I mean, I don't, here's the thing. I believe in the version of ghosts, but I don't believe in that medium stuff, that cold read nonsense. I don't like, I love Bobby. I think he's one of the best dudes on earth, but I don't, I don't believe he believes he's a skill that he has. And I understand that he believes it's, I don't think he's trying to be a shyster. Like he's not trying to steal people's money. I think he's actually thinks he can do the skill. And like many people have talked to them. And felt better afterwards. So, like, who am I to say that any of that's wrong? I, I'm whatever you got to do to get through your shit. You get through your shit. If that if he makes you feel better, right on. Having said, man, I don't know what the you know seeing a Q, seeing an R, seeing a father, seeing a boat, and then you know, oh yeah, that's my dad. That just seems like a long way to get there. So I don't believe in any of that. Although I am wondering, since I do believe in ghosts, if you know. The nail biting or the herpes comes through. Uh, <laughs> real serious show today, as you can tell. Hey, I got to give a good plug here. Because, like, okay, so everyone wants to bitch about their dinner and bitch about this and our hotel room was bad and our fl- flight was late or blah, blah, blah. But you don't get into a lot of the good reviews. Let me give you a good review. I have a Samsung Galaxy 9 or 10 or whatever. And I dropped that some bitch in the bathtub full of water, and it right now still works. Didn't have any issues with it whatsoever. I'm not saying you should go drop your phone in the bathtub, but as I own my Galaxy, whatever number I have, I dropped it in the tub two days ago. It's my own fault. Okay, so like I'm, you know, sometimes I want to have a some rock and roll or some good, you know, hip hop in the shower when I'm getting ready in the morning. Um, but I'm also getting old, and I've had headphones on my entire life yapping into this microphone trying to entertain you bastards. And so my hearing is not, as one would say, 100%. So if I really want to hear the song that I'm jamming into, I'll throw my phone in the shower on the little ledge thing, and it never had an issue with it. Well, accidentally, and you just knew this was going to happen eventually, drop the phone in the tub. Pull it right out. Kind of did the Nintendo old school blow on the cartridge thing and like rock and roll works just fine. There's my positive review for a Samsung galaxy. I can't think of a better review for a phone. The internet works, all the apps work and I can drop some bitch in the tub. I'm hard on phones. That is not the first time I have dropped a phone in a bathtub. I've dropped a phone in a bathtub. I've dropped a phone in a toilet twice. And I've also dropped one of those phones in a sink the very day I got the replacement phone inside of about three days. Bad luck with phones. But, like, not anymore. Luck's turned. I'm hitting the point in craps as far as phones go. That's the level of technology I'm comfortable with. I want to be able to drop my phone in the bathtub full of water and still have it work. That's not what they promised you years ago. Remember that old Epcot ride? They said they'd have flying cars and all that shit. We don't have any of that. But I do finally have a phone I can comfortably drop in a toilet, and it, and it can still work. I'm all right with that. You know, phones, man. That's like the last true Sunni Shiite argument that doesn't end in actual uh, <laughs> bombs. Are you a droid or are you an iPhone dude? I gotta say, man, I'm 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 with the Sunnis. I picked the droid at a young age. I'm not moving. I know all you Apple people. You Apple people are like CrossFit people or Peloton people. You just get one of these things and just won't shut the fuck up about it. We get it. I'm telling you, man, it's a droid world. I like it better. 
It doesn't matter. It's what you're raised on. It's no different than the Sunni and Shiite deal. I was raised off droids. Let me tell you how much of a droid nerd I am. I'm an original Gmail beta tester. How's that for some nerd claim to fame? I'm like, I'm in the original Old Testament of droid. I'm one of the begats. And so I'm not switching. It's no different. <laughs> it's no different than being a Baptist. Like if you're raised a Baptist from the age of two to the age of 37, and then someone's like, hey, young fella. I'd like to speak to you about Jehovah's Witnesses. You're not interested. You're a Baptist. It's the same thing as being an Apple or a Droid dude. Once once you're raised with it, you're raised with it. It's like picking a brand of cigarettes, or it's like picking a beer. Like when our old when our dads collectively all picked a beer, they picked a beer and kept a beer. Old Milwaukee Light. That was Dad's beer. I watched my dad drink Old Milwaukee Light for years and years and years. Now you show up at Thanksgiving and everyone's like, "Oh, I've got this pumpkin dirty beer." think you should like it i'm that way with bourbon i can't wait to try all the bourbon maybe that'll change like my kids will just like yeah back to old milwaukee light that's all you need old milwaukee light's gonna make a hipster comeback i'm telling you might start drinking it again i should try an old milwaukee light we should give it a shot oh we've got some new podcasts to talk about speaking of drinking beer there's a show here on the home slice podcast network or whatever we call it called beers before breakfast that's pretty good they drink a beer and, uh, you know, play it before breakfast. Real loose company we have here. There's a bunch you should be listening to. Let's give these guys a plug while we're at it. So here at Home Slice Media, I'm going to go to the website. Home Slice Audio. I think you go to homesliceaudio.com. You can hear all our podcasts. So we've got, you know, some radio stations and some concert stuff and some all kinds of fun stuff we got cooking on. But we, earlier last year, kind of right before all this COVID bullshit hit, launched a uh, podcast network of sorts. And there's a bunch of good shows. Uh, Mark Houston has a couple called Whiskey at Work. And he's got another one from his best of, from his uh, uh, the stuff he does on Cat Country. Um, D-Ray Knight has one called Solved in 60, 60 Seconds. That's pretty good. They're not all funny either. Um, we've got a bank here called Pioneer Bank and Trust. They've got one called The Local Podcast, like, which doesn't sound like it's a big rock and roll deal, but they do a, uh, they do a thing like with PPP. They're pretty smart about it if you want to learn about that. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not an evening at the bar, but it's, you know, if you're into that stuff. So we've got one called Gunner's Graveyard. There's a dude named Gunner on our on our here at Home Slice, and he's a horror author. Not a horror author, a horror author. And he's got a podcast about horror fiction. It's pretty good. Bunch of good shows. Go to homesliceaudio.com. Give those guys a plug. Um boom boom boom. You know what I saw today that I didn't here's if you're are, are there any out there in podcast land listening to this show, I'm wondering if any of you know anything about wiener dogs. I was in a store today, and somebody had a service wiener dog, like had the vest, like the service dog vest. I'm not bitching about that. I mean, first off, I guess I am. Like, what on earth does a, can, a, can a wiener dog possibly service other than making you feel good because you own a wiener dog? Which is a valid, that's a valid, I'm, I'm all in. Like, I'm not bitching that there's a service dog there. But, like, if you needed, if I lost my sight tomorrow and was like, all right, you've got this German Shepherd, pretty old, and, he, and he's, he's missing an ear and a leg and a tail, but it's a German Shepherd. Or this 
well-trained wiener dog. I still think I'm going to go with the German Shepherd. Here's why I'm bringing this up, not necessarily to pick on the abilities of a wiener dog, but this wiener dog, the largest set of testicles you've ever seen on a wiener dog. And this is what I'm asking. I guess I'm asking this. Is this a common thing? Do they all look like 2C batteries and grandma's old black socks? It looked like if you took a pair of pantyhose and you put a couple of golf balls in and then Velcroed that pantyhose to the wiener dog. Like, how does that thing jump up on a curb? You'd think, you'd think it'd be excruciating. I'm just wondering if this is a common wiener dog trait in the male side of wiener dogs. Like, usually you see dogs in their fix and you don't think anything of it. But I got, like, I am, I had, like, I stopped and stared like an asshole. And then even said something to the worker at the store, like, do you know anything about wiener dogs? Did you see that dog's testicles? The thing was huge. It looked like, remember them old, remember them old clickety clacks? <laughs> like that. So you'd go, you'd kind of lift it up and down, and then the two balls would be on the triangle thing, and you'd go clickety clack, clickety clack. That's what it looks like. Like a fuzzy clickety clack. Well, if you know anything about wiener dog testicles, you should hit me up at Murdoch. Jones.com. We started talking about on the on the Murdoch Book of Murdoch Facebook page. We started talking about best concerts that you've been to. Oh my God, I'm ready to see some concerts. It's time for shows. We're almost there. We're getting there. Get the shot. Wear a mask. Get, let's get through this last little bit here. We can start seeing concerts again. The best concert I was a guest on. Oakley uh, has a new podcast called uh, Top Five. You talk about your Desert Island this, Desert Island that, right? And we were talking about the best shows we've ever seen. Mumford & Sons is the best concert I've ever seen. It was so good, I cried. But it was hard to pick, like, the best shows that you've been to, right? Well, especially right now, because we're all just, you know, if you're a concert fan, like the concert industry has been decimated and it, and it, and it, and seemingly probably isn't coming back in 2022. It's got, it's got some time yet. And I mean, it's going to come back, but it's not going to come back to where it was, man. I miss concerts. Like I don't, you know, the mass thing and the, and the, and the goofy COVID stuff. Like I don't, I don't, I can get through almost all of it and I can wait out shows, but man, I'm ready to see some concerts again, like real big ass, huge shows. Little shows, too, whatever. Just shows everywhere shows. I saw Real Big Fish once in T, South Dakota. For those of you who don't know, T, South Dakota has, like, got eight people in it. And there was this country bar called, shit, um, it was a line dancing bar. Like, you remember my, remember line dancing? You'd show up and you're buckling your whatever shirt and, you, you know, Boot, scoot, and boogie, your right foot, left foot, turn, turn, clap. And you do it to, you know, it'd all be the same song. It's it's white people dancing. And it was, you know, big in the 90s there for a while. There was a bar in Rapid that was huge. I don't remember the name of it. Anyways, for whatever reason, on like a Tuesday night, Real Big Fish, which is a, like a like a ska band, like a punky ska band. Not, they, not, they're in a country. They don't play country or Western. And... I remember them like plugging in and getting on stage and just looking around, wondering what went wrong with their life. Because there's in in Twisters, the line dancing bar, there was a giant like glass steer the size of a Honda Civic, but for some reason it was upside down, and they just kept staring at it and then looking at the crowd like they weren't 
allowed to be in this bar. <laughs> it was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. I love that show. I remember every inch of that show. We were, oh, this is high school, right? We were drinking fruit punch and peppermint schnapps and road tripping up to tea to see Real Big Fish, who I'm not making fun of. I love Real Big Fish. To this day, if I could pick like a genre of band to be in, it would be a ska band. Oh, remember in the like the late '90s when all that ska and like Cherry Pop and Daddy, Zoot Suit, Swing, Big Band stuff had a little bit of a run. Oh, I thought I was in. Thought I was in. Finally, I'm hitting 18 ish or whatever how old I was. Just as you know, my musical ability is what's cool. But that was a fast burn. That that shit was disco the next summer. It was some one hit wonder. What's it? They had Cherry Pop and Daddies. Mighty Mighty Boston's Real Big Fish, uh, Squirrel Nut Zippers. They had a hit in there. Ooh, we're getting real deep. I'm going to throw some of these songs on the old Spotify playlist. Well, I'll take any concert back at this point. I was the same time. Oh, I was, I was in a band called L- Lunch Money <laughs> with, with some dudes, with Darren and Seamus and Nick. We were a little high school band where you play in the garage, you know, and like you didn't know actually no one actually knew really how to play. So you just play things all on one string, like smoke on the water and shit like that. And we played a song at the union. I might have told this story before, so you can fast forward this if I'm boring you. Um, It was a Union County Fair and we got second place. We lost to a kid who sang some church hymn song. And all I remember is for some reason thinking it was a good idea to wear a bright red Hawaiian shirt like an asshole. And then the guy who, like, the the stage for the talent show was right next to the 4-H barn where all the pigs were. And they got real mad at us because we were playing loud rock and roll music and it was scaring the pigs so they were jumping over the fence. It was causing a, it was causing a pig, we caused a pig ruckus in L, sister. This entire episode, I'm just explaining what a hillbilly goober I was. Well, shit. What are you going to do? Um, boom, 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 boom. Do you know? Okay, so here's the thing I learned. I was listening to My Favorite Murder, which is a podcast that I I wouldn't ever thought I would like, but it turns out these two murder bitches are hilarious it's one of it's i've really it's become maybe my favorite podcast it's just really well done and they're great storytellers and they're very funny um and you know i'm into it right and so they were talking about wow what was it called the cult of true womanhood did you know this was a thing you gotta google this hold on cult of true womanhood or it's also known as the cult of uh, dom- domest- domesticity. Am I saying that right? The cult of true womanhood. Basically, it was like the code in the 19th century in the United States and the United Kingdom to like, you know, you know, how, you know, like old school kind of thoughts on 
gender roles where like women are pie, you know, there's piety and purity and submission and you're domestic, you know, you, you, you take care of the house and you cook and you clean and you do the needlework and you make the beds and you tend to the garden where the men went out and made the, you know, made them like, cause you're too frail and physically weak to leave the house, blah, blah, blah. I had, I didn't really know. I mean, I knew it was a thing, but I didn't know it was, it was called, there's a whole thing called the cult of true womanhood. God, we got that one wrong. That's not how you want your women. Like these 1950s sitcom wives. <laughs> where, I, where it's like you, you just run the house and you can't have a bank account because your brain isn't big enough. What the fuck were we thinking? It was a whole, like, you know, this whole fathers know what's best kind of bullshit it, it, it like it's just kind of i think it's kind of fun that it's really fizzling out now and it's we're, none of the pendulum's going to swing the other way because what's going to happen is the pendulum's you know it's no different than the redneck pendulum if you want to go back a few episodes and hear about that now it's gonna now we're we're getting out of this virtuous nonsense cult of proper womanhood or whatever the fuck it's called and now the pendulum's going to swing we're gonna have some rock and roll women living out in the woods running with the wolves looking forward to that and then that'll go too far, and then, you know, they'll be killing us with bow and arrows and shit, and then it'll bring back the other way. But that's an 80-year swing. I'll be dead by then. <laughs> Google yourself some, like, fellas, let me tell you something. Take, take four minutes out of your day and just Wikipedia cult of true womanhood and just kind of, you don't even have to read the whole thing. You can just kind of skim through most of it and you can and there's going to be a couple of things in there where you're like oh that's i've been doing that wrong see i'm here for you fellas and ladies listen to me fucking mansplain feminism to a bunch of other dopes (laughs) i'm just mansplaining the cult of true womanhood over here I don't think there's a bunch of women actually listen to this thing, but there's probably four or five of them like, yeah, no shit. We've known about it. Good you could read up on it. Nice nice you could join us. Oh, shit. Okay, so let's do this. I don't really feel like doing the news. I don't want to be in a bad mood. I do want to talk about this GameStop deal. I got an even Stevens for you. Usually I do an even Stevens that's like right or left, Okay. And if you don't know what the Even Stevens is, here's Even Stevens. I want to take a couple groups and just sit you all down and just put your fucking guns in your holsters and just shut up and listen for a second, okay? Because you're both right and you're both wrong. Oftentimes, you're way more wrong than you are right. And and let's start with here with all this GameStop stock market stuff. I'm pretty dumb, okay? I'm the last person you call on an economics lesson. I'm as dumb as they get. But by and large, the majority of people are less dumb than I am on this topic because I have at least studied it for a couple of weeks because I wanted to at least be able to talk about it marginally here on this episode. Here's the thing on the stonks. Like, I'm with you a little bit. Like, there's generally speaking, there's two groups, right? There's, there's, the, there's the camp of this is really dangerous and this is fucking stupid. And there's the camp of damn the man, you know, fuck you, dad. This is, this is, this isn't, this isn't your dad's stock market. This is, you know, there's some rebellion and there is a very considerable wealth gap in this country. That is, that is dangerous. It's not good economic policy to have the wealth gap that we do. I'm with all, I can hear all of that, but here's the problem. 
with all of this deal. So this, so and by now, by and large, I'm assuming you know a little bit about the GameStop uh, stock uh, craze. So, but if you don't, let me give you the cliff notes. There's a Reddit thread called Wall Street Bets, and they kind of, you know, they they take lines on, you know, it's an investment discussion board. That's all it is. These things have been on the internet since the first, one of the first message boards that was probably created on the internet in the nineties was absolutely a, what you should invest in stock market message board. And there's a small section of America that follows that because they're smart and they get it and they're, you know, they're Reddit nerds and they understand all this stuff. So they've identified a couple of hedge funds that do what's called a short squeeze. Okay. You stocks at 10, you think the stock's going to go to one you're going to you're going to pay off when it drops to 1. Short squeeze is when you identify there's a bunch of people in that and you make the stock go up because then they got to cash call a shit ton of money because you take a 4 and you uh, artificially, I guess is a way to put it, inflated it to an unreasonable amount. That's how GameStop goes from like 13 to 400 or whatever it went to. There's a there's a there's a part of my brain that gets that, right? But like here's the thing, and I'm not defending hedge fund millionaires, but it's easy, and this is where the internet's fucking off on this. The same people in my world that are to the moon, hold the line, and all this bullshit are by and large the same people that are tend to be QAnoners. That's not the group you bring into the discussion to make it better. That's the group you bring in when you want to light the fucking thing on fire and scorch the earth because that that's not the group that can fix anything. That's the group that breaks it all. So I, I'm not really like I don't I get if I'm a Redditor and I'm original dude, but like you can't get your stock advice through memes. And it's dangerous for two reasons. It's already kind of happening. The first reason is this. It's not just the hedge fund millionaires. You know where this money comes from? And, like, I've got no skin in the game. I lost everything in 2008. I'm still, by and large, kind of mostly broke. I, that's not a line. I'm, that's not me playing pauper. I've got a great life. I'm fucking cool. But, like, you know, any money I had for any retirement whatsoever got killed in the 08 crash. This isn't me trying to hold on to my money here. I've got no skin in the game. Teachers, lawyers, nurses, firefighters, secretaries, policemen, oil guys fucking uh, family trust like this is not when these things crash yeah these hedge fund millionaires are going to take it in the in the teeth but like who's really going to take it in the teeth is the person that's got 15 percent of their money in a hedge fund and they've been talking to their financial services guy for the same dude for 20 years and he has to explain to him why potato in the ass or whatever the reddit's username is is the reason they have to do a a, a call on why they lost a fortune and they've got 10 years to retirement. They just lost 30% of their money because some dick bag on the internet thinks it's funny. And this isn't to the Reddit nerds. This is to the Q and meme people like that is going to cause disruption to the average American family that I don't like. I know it's not the cool position because it's not like damn the man, but it's, it's the truth. Real people who have nothing to do with any of this are going to lose a chunk of their retirement through meme investing. It's fucking insane. And the other one I feel, here's reason number two, and I feel a lot less bad about this. Dumb QAnoners who think they're going to get rich and they're just on this thing for the ride and they don't understand the stock market because nobody understands the stock market, they're going to lose a bunch of money. I feel a lot less bad about those guys. I mean, it's hard for me to feel 
bad for those guys at all. If you're like I, you know, if you got lucky and hit it, I don't, you know, good for you, right on. But this this GameStop thing is like, here's what you got to remember: we're all pretty dumb. If you got lucky on the GameStop deal, don't confuse that for ability. Understand that was blind luck. And then understand that the person sharing the memes on Instagram is not who you want controlling your retirement. That's how the fucking zombies come. That's how That's how we have to go back to, we won't even get back on the gold standard. It'll be three chickens equals a wagon wheel. We don't. We're not prepared for that lifestyle. We've. We're all too soft. You love that barn smell now. You're really gonna love it when that's the only one you can actually live in. So like easy on that shit. For those of you that are you know to the mooning it, all up and down. <laughs> um. I guess there's my even Stevens. It's not really even an even Stevens. I mean, I, I, it is because I get it. At the same time, there are, there, there does need to be something that happens to like address wealth gap and get people on the same page and get people educated better so they don't fall for this goofy internet nonsense. But at the same time, it's the wrong group. As it is, and oftentimes, the 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 powder keg that blows isn't the actual representation of who you want blowing the powder keg. Um, that's how you get Marjorie Taylor Green. Boom, boom, boom. I think that's probably all we're gonna do today. Maybe just run a quick episode in and out. I'm pretty stock showed out. I've been partying with Cowboys for a week, so I don't have a whole lot of podcasting me today um although i am going to say this next episode this will be fun i found all of my i found my cd collection that is spread out across a couple of boxes i'm going to bring in okay this is those of you a certain age are going to feel this right you're going to understand Remember in your car when you had your CD cases, like your 1,800,000 CD cases, and then like, you know, you'd, you'd carry the one case around, but you'd jam 80 CDs in it, and they'd be scratched to shit, and you'd constantly have to burn new ones. I found a bunch of boxes of old burned CDs. I'm not going to play the music. That'll bore the shit out of you. But a lot of them have some like really embarrassing why I made them mixtapey reasons. I think I think that would be a fun memory to go down a little bit. We can all have a laugh at my expense. We'll do that next episode. Hey, thanks for listening. Support our sponsors, MurdochJones.com. Click book um, book VIP. Uh, that link will save you up to 85 or more percent on your next vacation. Um, and I get a little deal out of it if you buy it. And so it's pretty cool. And if you like this show, then go support them. If not, you can just tell two friends about this some bitch. Um, all right, my friends. Don't invest through memes. Fellas, Google the cult of true womanhood. <laughs> And then find yourself a barn to go smell. Really stand in there and appreciate what all goes in to your meat and your cheese and your butter and your steak and your burger. Like smell how great a barn smells. And then don't try to wear a cowboy hat at the stock show. You can't pull it off. You're going to look like an idiot. I'll see you guys next week. Bye. It's time for the credits. I need to cut some credits. The Book of Murdoch. This has been a Home Slice audio production. This 
particular credits was recorded in Studio 2A. Executive producer is Mark. <laughs> He's in my cell phone as Mark fucking Houston. <laughs> Executive producer is Mark Houston. Engineering, Chris Jaquez. I think it's Jaquez. I call him Jaquez. And he is certainly the smartest man at Home Slice when it comes to technical abilities. I'm Murdoch. I wrote this uh, photo and videography by Russ Danger Haddon. And all graphic design done by our chief brand officer, Robert Tiberius Henry. See more shows at homesliceaudio.com or check out the homeslicegroup.com. Thanks for listening. Give this a like or a share. And you have a great day. Mark has to listen to this, and he's going to be so annoyed, and that tickles my fancy. (laughs) So leave this goddamn piece in.